Device Nation. Greetings and salutations, Device Nation, your home for the greatest show on earth. And we know that show is Medical Device Sales with ideas, stories, and interviews to take you from good to great. This is Kevin Brown, your voice of canned spam in times of perishable hoarding. I hope you're having a great day. Hope you had a great Easter. Hope you got to enjoy your family. This is a weird time, is it not? No cases, but lots of WebExes. I am such a visual and tactile learner and diagnosed ADD, and it's a struggle to listen to people talk for hours on end. It's no slight. Some people have made some wonderful presentations this week. It's just a challenge for people like me. In the midst of it all, I had some really cool things happen. One of them was just going out to the mailbox, and I ran into an 80-year-old neighbor of mine that I've only exchanged greetings, you know, hey, how you doing? Great, you know. But this day was different. I had nothing else going on. So I decided to ask him a few questions. And the answers I got interested me so much. I went and got a lawn chair, brought it back out and started asking him about his life. And we're going to talk about that. And you're going to want to hang around for the end of this because we have a great conversation with Dr. James Hunley, retired orthopedic surgeon that I am fortunate enough to have been called his rep for a period of time in my career. Just a great conversation and great perspective. So let's talk about Alan, and then I want to tie it up with a story about my brother. And I think we'll get something out of that today. Alan served in East Germany, served in the DMZ in Korea before he went into Vietnam as an Army Ranger in the mid-60s. And he was a LERP. L-R-R-P. These guys were long-range reconnaissance patrol gentlemen, and they would be dropped way back behind enemy lines and would be gone for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time with little to no cover. These guys were the real deal. And here he is riding around my neighborhood in a three-wheeler with a flag on it, right? It's the last thing you would kind of expect given that experience. So he's telling me about his... Agent Orange experience, and he's telling me about his MS and his leukemia, but he had the most interesting twist on things. So he's talking about Agent Orange, and for those of you that don't know your Vietnam history, this was a real high-octane form of Roundup that they sprayed from the sky into the jungle, and it defoliated everything. It looked like the moon when they were done. Why did they do it? Because the enemy was using that topography, that that foliage, as cover to attack our troops. Now, he contracted leukemia as a result of this, but then he said something that shocked me. He said, you know, I am so thankful for Agent Orange. Agent Orange saved my life. I've never heard that phrase before, so that caught my ear. I started listening real intently. He said, if it wasn't for Agent Orange, I would be dead today. He said, we could never figure out where they were shooting at us from, and that leveled the playing field and allowed us to see where the fire was coming from and to put fire back in the right place. He said, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today had it not been for Agent Orange. I thought, well, that's interesting. So I'm thinking, well, what about the leukemia? So then he says in the very next breath, and he said, and I am so thankful for the leukemia. And I'm like, okay, 
tell me about that. He said, if it wasn't for the leukemia, the MS would have killed me. He has multiple sclerosis, and because of the autoimmune response of his body, the leukemia has put his MS in remission. So here is a gentleman faced with a lot of things he could be complaining about, and he sees a perspective that few others would see, that he is glad to be alive. He is so happy to be alive, and he would not be alive had not been for some things that a lot of people would look at and see as tragedy. Speaking of tragedy, when my father died, I found out at his funeral that I had a brother. Now, this was super secret stuff back in Kentucky, and they kept it all from us for all those years. Over 50 years went by, and I never knew that I had a brother. Now, that was a different time and place back then, and family shame and, you know, all that stuff came to bear. So I understand some of it, maybe. However, uh, one thing I learned from that, by the way, is always keep your life out there. Don't hide stuff because it's going to come up at your funeral and you at least want to be around to give your side of the story, right? So don't do that. Don't do that. So I found out I had a brother and was blown away. Here's a guy that I've never seen my entire life, and we are identical. Every aspect of our life. I could just tick off a long list, but I won't bore you. It, it really gets into that interesting nature versus nurture argument. So it took my father passing away to find out that I had a brother. And I throw that out there. We, we've since grown close, and we talk to each other all the time. Love the guy. Uh, it kills me that I didn't know him sooner. But when I look down the corridor of time in my life, I have found it remarkable how many times good has been mined from disaster. Does that mean that disasters are great and we cheer them on and go, great, this is going to be awesome because something good is going to come out of it? Heck no. Heck no. What's going on right now is very difficult for everybody. Uh, Very challenging stuff. However, I have hope because I have experience that teaches me that so much of my life has been Agent Orange moments, has been leukemia moments, has been father passing away moments that in their moment were horrible, worst situation ever, but then the tincture of time comes in and I find stuff that comes out of it that is absolute gold. So don't jump off the bridge quite yet. I think that when all the smoke clears out of this thing, there's going to be things that you're going to find possible in the next 12 months that were absolutely impossible 12 months ago. But we just got to get through it, and we got to get through it in a positive way. One of my other neighbors was a salesman back in the 50s. I've got to get this guy on. He's got that classic Zig Ziglar sales approach, and he's retired, but I love just listening to him talk. And he said something the other day, positive people produce positive results. I loved it. I wrote it down in my mind. I said, I've got to, I've got to share that with the listening audience is that in the midst of all this stuff, and this is hard stuff, it is real. The financial challenges that a lot of you are facing are real. Job security, shaky cases not happening. These are real issues. I'm not trying to be some Pollyanna and pretend it all away. Um, but we can be positive in the midst of it because if my neighbor can be positive about Agent Orange and if my neighbor can be positive about his leukemia, then that tells me I can be too. 
I can look at this and make a conscious decision to not let it wreck my day, but look for good in the midst of it. And if it's not readily apparent, wait for it. Because I know that time will usually, almost always, present just that. I really, really enjoyed being a device rep for the next our next guest, Dr. James Hunley, just a real Southern gentleman, always had wisdom that I made notes of in the room. I've got to share one thing before the interview. He said, I remember we were having a case that just went on and on and something presented itself that it was just like, oh man, you know, and some people might have just blown through it and said, let's just close this case up and go. But he stopped and he said, no, we're going to be patient, and we're going to do this right. We're going to spend the time to make this particular thing right because it's a lot easier to manage it here than my waiting room. <laughs> and I always thought that was a great, great line. I've shared that with so many surgeons over the years uh, of just the wisdom of having patience, uh, taking that time to make sure that it's right so you don't have to deal with it in your waiting room. Just great advice, and he was always good for stuff like that, and I'm just so thankful that he opened up his uh, his schedule to, to have some time to talk with us. I know you're going to enjoy it, so please welcome to the show Dr. James Hunley. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your uh, inviting me. Dr. Hunley, I re- really enjoyed being your rep many, many years ago, and uh, I took a trip down memory lane today thinking about it, and this was a time and place when uh, we had no cell phones. There was no rep tracks. Uh, all the reps were using pagers. I used to literally have to find a phone booth to answer a 911 call from the office. Uh, uh, Michael Jackson was still cool. And um, you were an independent businessman uh, charging the usual and customary fee. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? It certainly was. You certainly have dated me, but I have been at it a long time, and I thank you for what you do, and I I just hope everyone who is in the rep business understands it's a team. I wish more doctors understood it was a team, but uh, we couldn't do what we do, and I did, without you guys, so thank you for that. Well, walk me through your career. When I looked at your CV, I mean, it was just, uh, I, I honestly think it's a CV by which all others will be judged. I mean, you are, uh, uh, and I know you're a humble guy, so I'm not going to um, uh, go too crazy with this, but you're certainly a man in full and have done a lot of amazing things. The the Eagle Scout in itself, very difficult. Uh, the Order of the Longleaf Pine, for people that are not from North Carolina, that is the highest award for state service that a governor can grant somebody. Um, even the Wilmington uh, Business Journal, Healthcare Heroes uh, Lifetime Achievement Award, all your publications. Uh, my hat's off to you, sir. Well done. Well, thank you. I've had an interesting life, and uh, I've been very blessed, and I've had lots of opportunities for which I am very grateful. So let's walk through this. Uh, you're a Chapel Hill alumni. Uh, tell me what got you into medical school and, and got you on the path to being an orthopedic surgeon. That's kind of a story in itself. I, uh, my father was a family practitioner. Now, uh, he was called a general practitioner at the time uh, in a small town in North Carolina, and he worked all the time. We never had any privacy at home. People were coming to our door. Uh, all the time, and I said I wasn't ever going to go into medicine. I didn't want to have that kind of life. 
But during my uh, freshman year in college, where I went planning to be a, an attorney, uh, I had a change of heart in the, at Christmas time. And so my sophomore year, I started taking uh, the science courses required to get into medical school. And luckily enough, I was, I was accepted. Uh, during medical school, I spent some time in a small local hospital in Kinston, North Carolina, and just really fell in love with orthopedics there. Those guys, the surgeons there were very kind to me, and uh, I felt like I had a knack for orthopedic surgery, so that's what I decided I wanted to do, and uh, was able to secure a residency at UNC when the time came. You came out, got into practice at in Wilmington, North Carolina. Was there anybody already there, or was it? Uh, did you partner up with somebody to start something? How did that happen? Well, after my residency, uh, you thinking about timing? I, it was during the uh, winding down of of the of the uh, war in Vietnam, and so when I when I was an intern, I was able to get a deferment and that I wouldn't go into the military until I had finished my training, which worked for me because it let me finish my training and it was good for the military and that they got a fully trained orthopedic surgeon. So I went in the Air Force for a couple of years after my residency training program and then came to Wilmington and joined a group of uh, three other orthopedic surgeons who had founded that group. There were two or three others in town, <clears throat> but those were the guys I wanted to be with. Interestingly, my contract was a handshake. I had no idea what I was going to make. I just knew I liked these guys and trusted them and felt they treat me fairly, and they did. And uh, we had a great, a great practice and a great time. You practiced for, I believe, 33 years? That sounds right. I Started in Wilmington in '75 and 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 retired at the end of 2008. Medicine sure has uh, changed a lot since then, hasn't it? Oh my goodness, yes. And things that we thought were silly at one point have turned out to be good. I I uh, actually helped. Well, it wasn't silly. Uh, I, I was really thinking about arthroscopy, which. Uh, we had no idea what it was going to do, but arthroscopy changed the world, as you can imagine. We also, uh, so and actually we, with a friend, were the first to do arthroscopy in Wilmington. Uh, I also assisted my one of my senior partners in his first knee replacement, which was the first in Wilmington. So we had some opportunities to see all of that change. I remember doing the first total hip in Chapel Hill with our attending, or our, our chief of orthopedics, uh, which was a primitive device compared to what we have now. Uh, it's, I've seen a lot. What was your favorite procedure over all those years? What was the one thing you really looked forward to doing uh, going into work every day? Probably a knee replacement. Anything that you miss the most, uh, people, the the clinic, anything. I really miss the gratification, and I know that's self-serving, but I miss the gratification of, of happy patients. Orthopedics is a grand opportunity to actually see what you do and people get better. If you treat someone with some chronic illness like lung disease or 
so other these things you're trying to keep them from getting worse but in orthopedics you can really turn things around and you can see it and the smiles and happiness in those people once they stop hurting so bad is very gratifying and i think what i've missed the most i also miss the interaction with the uh staff uh, it was it's always been a team thing and uh, I felt like we had some good teams both in the OR and in the office as well as my the physicians I work with and certainly I miss that I miss the patients uh, I don't miss the hassle which has gotten a lot worse but it was getting pretty bad even back in the uh, even before I retired so I don't miss that but I do miss the the gratification of the patients, the pleasure of seeing all these different people and the people I got to work with. So the people that listen to this podcast are by and large medical device reps. And I know reps are certainly part of that team uh, performing our task in the middle of all that. And I was just curious uh, your thoughts on that, uh, that relational aspect of this job between the surgeon and uh, the sales reps that provide the, the product for y'all. Well, I learned a lot of things uh, during my time, and one was how important it is to have all the things you need in the OR. Uh, I learned when we formed the orthopedic hospital, I was on the committee that did that. We have we now have a hospital in Wilmington dedicated orthopedics as part of the New Hanover Regional Medical Center system. But uh, when we went around to a few other orthopedic hospitals before we started ours, we learned people would say orthopedics has the most toys. Uh, basically, we had 10 times as much uh, equipment that was required to do orthopedic surgery than anything else. Uh, and that just tells you how much there is and how important the reps are to be certain we have everything there's nothing worse than, there could be nothing worse in my opinion than opening a patient, uh, preparing to uh, put in an artificial knee or hip or anything else and finding out that you don't have all of the parts or components that you need. Uh, without that, I think we'd be in big trouble. We've also had reps who helped uh, have coached us with certain cases, uh, sometimes there's so many different possibilities and you can't remember everything. And there have been times when we learned a lot from the reps as well. So very important part of that. And not only are uh, the quality of the devices and implants important, uh, but the service aspect is extremely important. But before we got online, you said, you know, feel free to call me by my first name. And I... I've never felt comfortable with that in public. I have no problem with that in private. Uh, but can you speak to anything on that relationship slash business side of this world? That's an interesting question. Uh, and I wasn't really thinking about how to answer that. <laughs> but the, the relationship is a professional relationship. Uh, it can be friends. And and you and I uh, know very well a fellow that I worked with before you came, and he and I became very good friends, and he would take my wife and me to dinner often, but I felt like I didn't want to be obligated, so we took turns. He would take us to dinner when he came down, and we would take him to dinner, so we take turns on that. Uh, 
but it's <clears throat> it is a professional relationship and everyone needs to understand that that's the basis for it it can become a friendship uh but it does have to be one where the each of you is accomplishing the goals that you're intending to accomplish uh whether or not you go by the first name or last name i'm always i've always uh preferred to converse with people on an equal basis whenever possible but i understand the, a young rep probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't go over very well if a, a young rep who looks like a teenager to us started calling us by our first name without being invited to do so i've been following your uh website orthopedic list and i've actually shouted it out a bunch on linkedin uh as a resource for x-rays and uh, all kinds of things, uh, and I'm going to let my audience know about it real quick. It's Orthopedic List, and that's with an A, O-R-T-H-O-P-A-E-D-I-C-L-I-S-T.com. Great site, and I just wanted to ask how you got that started, what was your inspiration, and uh, and what you're doing with it now. Well, thank you for that. <clears throat> Back at the end of 2002, and that's a long time ago too, I guess, uh, I had a lady who had had <clears throat> a patient who'd had uh, a femur fracture and had a long femoral rod in, and the, the distal tip of the rod was at the just at the edge of the cortical bone in the knee, and I was going to do a knee replacement. The rod had to come out, and as you all know, and if, if the people listening don't know, Hardware removal can be about one of the most difficult cases we ever do uh, if you don't have the right stuff so to take it out. But uh, so I started looking around. Well, we couldn't get records. Uh, we didn't know what it was. It had been 30 years before in another city. So I was, I was uh, concerned about not being able to get it out okay. We <clears throat> looked around for catalogs and other things that we'd seen. I was told by the nurses that there had been no catalogs for 10 years that showed all the different things. Uh, so I had I'd put that away in my mind. We went ahead with the case. Luckily, we could reach the tip of the rod. It wasn't a locked rod, so we didn't have to remove any screws, any fixation screws or locking screws. Uh, <clears throat> and we used some... Uh, standard orthopedic instruments, vice grips, and a mallet, and were able to get it out without difficulty. But that, that gave me the idea that we needed something, a resource for our profession and our patients and obviously the reps as well to be able to identify these things and to be able to find them and source them. And so... Uh, my son, who was an MBA, and my son-in-law, who had his master's in information science, and I were duck hunting up at Lake Madame Mesquite in January of 2003. And I started talking to him about this, uh, that it was a what they call a bluebird day, and the ducks weren't around, so we had plenty of time to talk. And they said, well, let's do it. So we did, and we found a guy who built a website and we started building this and went live in, in, this, in July of 2003 and has since grown this to a list of 14,000 products and over 3,000 companies. 
in hopes of helping people now source things, find out where to get them, and also to and and we also have uh, four or five hundred images of X-rays. With that growing all the time, both both it continues to grow in, in both aspects, and so we have what we believe is the largest uh, database of orthopedic uh, implants and devices that's available in the world. We get uh, emails daily, uh, several emails a day from people all over wanting to know how to find this and that and are very happy to oblige. And I, when I say all over, I mean all over the world. Uh, we've also expanded it a bit and that we're going to actually help with some job searching, both on the, on the people looking for jobs and those who have jobs they want to fill. And also we're taking new products that people are looking for distributors and reps to uh, help distribute those, those items. So we're, trying, we're expanding our services a bit. It's free. Uh, we may do some sign-up stuff someday, but right now it's free and it's supported by companies who pay a small fee to upgrade their listings. As you, you can imagine, uh, not, this is not stuff that can be done for nothing. Uh, and we're not making money, but we're trying to not spend too much more money on it ourselves. A couple questions about your website. Can reps upload, and I, and I say this because I guess being the older guy in the room, people are always sending me x-rays and going, do you know what this is? Do you know what that is? Uh, are reps able to upload uh, x-rays onto your site absolutely absolutely and if you go to the home page of orthopediclist.com and by the way you can spell it either way and you get there uh, so ae or just plain e for orthopedics uh, but you can't you don't see it that way but it can be done okay. uh, but there is if on the home page if you scroll down about halfway you'll see something about implant identification and there's a tab that you can mark that will um, will show you how to how to do that, and it doesn't go right up. We monitor that. We don't want people putting up inappropriate pictures, but basically, it's an image of an implant, and you don't have to be real fancy about it because, of, luckily, our camera phones these days are digital cameras, and you can walk right up to a view box or a, a monitor or whatever and snap a photo. And it works great. So, yes, they sure can, and we'd love for them to do it. Um, just imagine all of the implants that are out there now uh, that were put in long, long ago. I mean, 50 years ago now. And no way anyone's going to have the corporate memory to, to know what they all are. Interesting, they contact you. Uh, and I've heard that a many, many, many times about that. I also tell people that's what we're not looking just for the unusual. We're looking to have a very broad representation of what's there and what you, what is common to you, where you are now is uncommon to somebody somewhere else and will be to everybody in the future. And we want it all. That is so true. I, a Schneider nail to me is completely a foreign concept to someone else. And uh, there's enough of a, brain trust out there across the country 
bringing all that together, I think, is an amazing resource. Thank you. One thing that has really changed on our end has been the uh, transition to 1099. So we're always looking for sidelines. And you got my attention the other week. You put something on LinkedIn about a, a breathable cast that you were endorsing. And I, I have gone through your website, and I've seen a couple things on there. I was like, wow, I'd like to carry that product. So what do people do if they're looking at your site and they say, uh, you know, that's a product I'd like to put in my bag? Uh, how do they how do they go about uh, contacting? Well, they just uh, there is a um, form at the bottom of the listing. If you click on that listing itself, and then you scroll down, there's a form that says something like "request more information." And if you fill that out and say what you need and give us your contact information, we'll then connect you to the manufacturer who's looking for that. So we don't we don't put those up unless the manufacturer asks us to. So they they are sincerely doing it. Uh, and as we develop this more, we will certainly tell uh, reps when I mean where you know what region or I forget how you, what y'all call it, but what region uh, they're looking for, uh, what country and whatever. One thing that really caught my eye and. I've always been interested in the backstory behind it is your tree of Andre sculpture. Yes. Uh, well, the tree of Andre is the symbol of orthopedic surgery. And I'm sure you all know that. And it has to do with orthopedics has, uh, is a contraction of a Latin word, ortho straight and peds child. Uh, basically the tree of Andre is a straight post to which a somewhat crooked tree is is uh, is roped or bound to the to the uh, post to try to make it grow straight, and that's that is the symbol. And Nicholas Andre, there's a little story about him in this on the site, uh, is the fellow who who drew that tree for the first time. And most any orthopedic literature you see will probably have that symbol with it. And, and just a little bit more about the sculpture. It's done <clears throat> by an orthopedic surgery in Missouri. Uh, I have one on my desk. I'm looking at it right now, and it's delightful. It's absolutely beautiful. Dr. Hunley, I am so thankful you took time out of your day to, to visit with us. Uh, any, uh, any thoughts on what we're dealing with right now with the coronavirus? Yes, I when I first heard about it, I thought it was just going to be another flu, but it's not. This is really serious. Uh, we need to <clears throat> we need to be careful. Uh, young people, I just read in our newspaper today that a two month old child has contracted it and been tested positive. So it's not just a disease of old people, but everything people do affects not just themselves but everyone else. So you need to be careful and practice social distancing. The other thing is it's not the end of the world. Uh, most of you won't remember it, but I remember polio, and I don't remember the epidemics of typhoid and certainly don't remember the bubonic plague, but we've had many, many things like this uh, through our, our lifetime, through our, our history of mankind uh, that have come and, and been awful times and things but they they do go away so don't feel like the end of the world is coming it will pass and 
we'll get back to something. Uh, it may be a new normal, but we'll get back to something. And I, I think we're going to be fine. Great wisdom, Dr. Hunley. A little perspective sometimes can uh, give us all a little hope when things are looking really dark. I am so thankful, again, for coming to talk to us. You've done just amazing things over your career, and I'm just so glad we all got a chance to hear more about your life and, and uh, a lot of the things that you're up to these days. And I, again, I ask my audience to check out your website, Orthopedic List. And again, thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, and I applaud you for taking the medical representative uh, business to a new level. This is very intriguing, and I know you're having a good time with it. You certainly sound like it. Uh, so you knew what you were doing when I knew you, and it seems like you know a lot more. So way to go. You're very kind. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. So the big takeaway I got this week from talking to my Vietnam veteran neighbor and to Dr. Hunley was perspective. So let me throw something at you here. We've all been talking about PPP, the Payroll Protection Plan. Well, I've got another PPP for you. And it's perspective that comes as a result of pursuit and pondering. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, oftentimes to get perspective, you have to go find it. You have to pursue people. You have to spend time with your 80-year-old neighbor. And you walk away with something that you didn't have that helps you in the present. You also find it by taking stock of your life and pondering the past and thinking about those moments that you thought it was the end of the world, but then something happened and it wasn't the end of the world and something actually positive arose from the ashes of it, given the the passage of time. So, you know, managing the present demands incorporation of the wisdom of the past. You cannot look at your life from this day forward in a vacuum. I think you're missing out on a lot, and you're missing out on a lot of what people have to offer that can help you navigate these difficult waters. So I hope this was good for you. I hope you have an awesome and safe week. Uh, Excited about next week. Please be a part of the Zoom call that we're going to have Friday at lunch. We have some exciting things going on there. If you want to be a part of that, reach out to me at devicenation at protonmail.com and shoot me your email, and I'll get you an invitation. So thank you for your time. I'm very sensitive to that. I kind of laugh thinking about starting off this program about how ADD I am with these WebExes, and here I am talking to you on and on and on and on. So I appreciate your patience and uh, your attention, and again, I hope it helped. And I hope you have an awesome week. Be strong, be positive, be smart, and most of all, be safe. Device Nation.